0: Dan Radio Style, hope everybody out there is having themselves a great day. Gethsemane is a great chapter that really gets into a wonderful analogy that I am fond of, which is the idea that our manifestations are much like seeds. Place a seed in the soil, you water it and care for it, and then you let it grow. You allow it to grow. Now, here's the exciting part, and I think it still holds the analogy perfectly, and I think this also speaks to it. When you wake up every morning when you've planted your seed, and we'll keep to the seed example, and you run outside and you look to see if your seed's poking through the soil yet, maybe it isn't, maybe it is. But if it isn't poking through yet, you don't just decide that the seed's broken, obviously. You know the seed's still going. You know you got to give it another day or a little longer. So you let it continue on its path. Much like our manifestations, when we wake up every day, Look forward to what you see. Look forward to seeing your manifestation sprout through the soil. Look forward to some sort of indication that your seed is growing. And if you don't by chance see any indication during the day, then understand it might just happen tomorrow. Give it another day. Go back to holding the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Go back to raising your consciousness to having the thing that you already desire. And eagerly look forward to the following day. It's one of the reasons why I honestly love waking up every morning. I'm an early riser. I'm happy to get out of bed. I sometimes even wake up before my alarm and still get out of bed because I'm excited about what, what the day holds in store for me. There's a lot of great things that I've got in the works, and every day I get an opportunity to see some of these things come to fruition. It's a great way to tackle the day. So Neville gets into how this whole process kind of works. I think a lot kind of works, but here it is in Gethsemane. And I did cut a couple paragraphs out because this is kind of a longer chapter, but eh, I didn't cut out as many as I was hoping. Anyway, Gethsemane is to the mystic, the garden of creation, the place in consciousness where man goes to realize his defined objectives. Gethsemane is a compound word meaning to press out an oily substance, geth, to press out, and shemin, an oily substance. The story of Gethsemane reveals to the mystic, in dramatic symbology, the act of creation. Just as man contains within himself an oily substance, which in within himself a divine principle, his, on his consciousness, which conditions itself as a state of consciousness, and without assistance, presses out or objectifies itself. And this next little paragraph kind of gets into the concept of green pastures, in my opinion, too, which was in Psalm 23. And he talks about the green pastures, I shall lie down in green pastures, or he maketh me lie down in green pastures. It's another example of what he's talking about with that reference of green pastures and fertility and good soil. A garden is a cultivated piece of ground, a specially prepared field where seeds of the gardener's own choice are planted and cultivated. Gethsemane is a place in the consciousness where the mystic goes with his properly defined objectives. This garden is entered when man takes his attention from the world around him and places it on his objectives. Man-clarified desires are seeds containing the power and plans of self-expression, and like the seeds within man, these, too, are buried with an oily substance. As man contemplates being and possessing that which he desires to be and to possess, he has begun the process of pressing out the spiritual act of creation. These seeds are pressed out and planted when man loses himself in a wild, mad state of joy consciously feeling and claiming himself to be that which he formerly desires to be. A fun little analogy that popped into my head when it came to pressing, right, is the idea of juice or wine, right, to press. So in order to press our manifestations out or in order to create juice, you must have the wholeness or the fruit to begin with. You must be the wine grape or you must be the orange in order to be pressed and have juice come out of it. It's kind of that same analogy of assuming the consciousness of the thing you desire to be. The seed which is pressed out of man grows into the likeness of a man from whom it was pressed. Likewise, the mystical seed, your consciousness, claims that you are that which you hereto desire to be, have grown into the likeness of you from whom and into whom it is pressed. Yes, Gethsemane is the cultivated garden of romance where the disciplined man goes to press seeds of joy out of himself into his receptive attitude of mind, there to care for and nurture them by consciously walking in the joy of being all that formerly he desired to be. Fill with the great gardener the secret thrill of knowing that things and qualities not now seen will be seen as soon as these conscious impressions grow and ripen to maturity. Your consciousness is lord-husband. The conscious state in which you dwell is wife or beloved. This state made visible is your son bearing witness of you, his father and mother, for your visible world is made to the image and likeness of the state of consciousness in which you live. Your world and the fullness thereof are nothing more or less than your defined consciousness objectified. Knowing this to be true... See to it that you choose well the mother of your children, that conscious states in which you live, your conception of yourself. The wise man chooses his wife with great discretion. He realizes that his children must inherit the qualities of their parent, and so he devotes much time and care to the selection of their mother. The mystic knows that the conscious state in which he lives is the choice that he has made of a wife the mother of his children, that this state must in time embody itself within his world. So he is ever select in his choice and always claims himself to be the highest ideal. He consciously defines himself as that which he desires to be. Now, this kind of also reminds me of another analogy that ties into this as well, and the concept of creating a child. Obviously, once the impregnation has occurred, there is a gestation period that takes nine months. Obviously, you cannot rush the baby. The baby certainly not viable up until a certain point of time where it can more or less survive outside the womb, oftentimes with the help of equipment. But what is kind of interesting is really, in reality... The second that little belly button pops out, I call it the baby timer on, on women. You know, you got that turkey timer that pops out when the turkey's cooked enough. It's like the belly button seems to pop out when you when you all are about ready to give birth, right? But when the little belly button timer pops out, that's when your manifestation is, je- is coming into fruition. That is when your seed is popping through the soil. You've got to allow the manifestation to cook, to gestate, to grow, to... Take on the moisture and nutrients and love that you've been providing it and give it the chance which it needs. When man realizes that the conscious state in which he lives is the choice that he has made of a mate, he will be more careful of his moods and feelings. He will not permit himself to react to suggestion of fear, lack, or any undesirable impressions. Such suggestions of lack could never pass the watch of the disciplined mind of the mystic, for he knows that every conscious claim must in time be expressed as a condition of his world, of his environment. Jesus took with him into the hour of prayer his disciples, who, or disciplined attributes of mind. Now, this is going back to the 12 disciples, right? The 12 different disciplines of the mind, the things you allow yourself to hear, and the things you entertain, and all these kinds of things, right? So, he took his 12 disciples in with him, the attributes of the mind, and commanded them to watch while he prayed, so that no thought or belief that would deny the realization of his desire might enter his consciousness. Follow the example of Jesus, who, with his desires clearly defined, entered the Garden of Gethsemane, the state of joy, accompanied by his disciples, his disciplined mind, to lose himself in wild joy of realization, becoming the thing that which he desires, feeling it, imagining it, so it's so real, he feels it like it's real. The fixing of his attention on his objective was his command to his disciplined mind to watch and remain faithful to that fixation. Contemplating the joy that would be his on realizing his desire, He began the spiritual act of generation, the act of pressing out the mystical seed. His defined desire, in this fixation, he remained claiming and feeling himself to be that which he, before he entered Gethsemane, desired to be until his whole being, his consciousness, was bathed in an oily sweat resembling blood. In short, until his whole consciousness was permeated with this living, sustained joy of being his defined objective. As this fixation is accomplished so that the mystic knows by his feeling of joy that he has passed from his former conscious state into his present consciousness, the Passover or crucifixion is attained. This crucifixion or fixation of the new consciousness claim is followed by the Sabbath, a time of rest. There is always an interval of time between the impression and its expression, between the conscious claim and its embodiment, this interval is called the Sabbath, the period of rest or non-effort, the day of atonement. Now, what he's saying here is there is always, always, an interval of time between the impression and expression. Goddard is saying right here that he does not necessarily agree that manifestations are instant. He says there always is an interval of time between your impression and which is when you impress the subconscious mind with the feeling of the wish fulfilled, and it runs out and creates it. And once it's finally expressed into the physical world, or once it crystallizes into the physical world, some time will pass. Now, he calls this the Sabbath, keeping the Sabbath holy, which means to hold your thoughts, feelings, and vibrations during that entire period. From the moment you impress To the moment it is expressed, you should be holding that feeling of the wish fulfilled. To walk unmoved in the consciousness of being or possessing a certain state is to keep the Sabbath. The story of the crucifixion beautifully expresses this mystical stillness or rest. We are told that after Jesus cried out, It is finished! He was placed into a tomb. There he remained for the entire Sabbath. When the new state or consciousness is appropriated so you feel by this appropriation fixed and secure in the knowledge that it is finished then you too will cry out it is finished and will enter the tomb of the sabbath an interval of time in which you will walk unmoved in the conviction that your new consciousness must be resurrected or made visible easter the day of resurrection falls on the first sunday after the full moon in aries the mystical reason for this is simple A defined area will not precipitate itself in this form of rain until the area reaches the point of saturation, just so the state in which you dwell will not express itself until the whole is permeated with the consciousness that it is so, that it is finished. Meaning that you have to have so much of that energy, you have to be this thing so much, you have to be the feeling of the wish fulfilled so strongly, so intently, that that saturation of feeling creates the outpouring of physicality your defined objective is the imaginary state just as the equator is the imaginary line across which the sun must pass to mark the beginning of spring this state like the moon has no light or life of itself but will reflect the light of consciousness or sun i am the light of the world i am the resurrection and the life As Easter is determined by the full moon and Aries, so too is the resurrection of your conscious claim determined by the full consciousness of your claim, by actually living as this new conception. Most men fail to resurrect their objectives because they fail to remain faithful to their newly defined state until this fullness is attained. If man would bear in mind the fact that there can be no Easter or day of resurrection until after the full moon, he would realize that the state into which he has consciously passed will be expressed or resurrected only after he has remained within the state of being his defined objective, until his whole self thrills with the feeling of actually being his conscious claim and consciously living in the state of being it, and only in this way will man ever resurrect or realize his desire. Goddard again gives us the blueprint. He does it in so many different chapters within this book where he really walks around this concept in a number of different ways. Your faith is your fortune. It is an amazing book. Consciousness really is key, I believe, to a large extent. I know the law and the promise became very big things later on in Goddard's life, and certainly even after the promise became the law. or I'm sorry, after the law became the promise, and very much something I'm going to speak more on. I've been thinking a lot about how all that plays out. But that being said, the consciousness is key to bringing about the manifestation. This consciousness, this being the thing that you desire is what actually does the creation. And every time we look out at the outer world and go, I don't see it, it's not happening. Or I don't see it, is this working? Or I don't see it, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Doubts are what cause us to crash on the Sabbath, if you will. Doubts are the one thing that can ruin your manifestation. It is important that we hold this feeling of the wish fulfilled until it becomes physical. You hold this feeling, you keep the Sabbath holy until your full moon has arised and you then have your physical manifestation. Every day when you wake up, look forward to seeing something that's gonna indicate that your seed is starting to pop through the soil, that your manifestation is beginning to take form. And if you think about most of the things that we're trying to manifest, relationships with people, money, better jobs, more income, these things are steps. It's not just one thing that's gonna happen. Some of you maybe are trying to win the lotto, but again, is it this lotto? Is it the one after? Do you keep playing it? Do you just play one ticket? Again, there's steps that are gonna be involved. Do you keep playing? Do you keep doing these things until it finally shows itself? Yes. You keep working towards it. There's going to be a number of steps. There's going to be a number of things that are going to happen in your life that you're going to react to or act with or react or be a part of. Things are going to manifest. Wake up every day and look to see if it's poking through the soil. If it's not, get back to the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Feel it happening. Realize that you are it, that you are creating it by being it, and by holding that feeling, your dream gets pushed into the outer world. Dan Radio Style.